Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. For those of you who used to be somewhat regular listeners of the show, welcome back. Season 2 is officially underway, and though the fundamentals will remain the same, there will be some noteworthy changes. Of course, to any first-time listeners, as always, I highly recommend you take a moment to jump back to the intro of the project. It should be listed as a trailer for the show at the bottom of the list of episodes in your podcast player. It's only about seven minutes long and provides some pretty important context about the nature of this show, its aims, and how it differs from most. So again, I advise you starting there so that the premise of this project isn't totally lost on you. To my returning listeners, thanks for sticking around through the past couple of months, which have been pretty hot and cold from a content perspective. In short, a lot has changed since I decided to give this project a go. There have been plenty of ups and downs personally, and for the most part I think this show has reflected that, which honestly has probably been for the best. Much has been learned and many of my perspectives have evolved. The same can probably be said about each of my guests and hopefully you all as well. Which brings me to what will be different this time around. If there's anything to be gleaned from this project, it's that as individuals, our identities and perspectives are in a constant state of fluctuation and irreducible nuance. We're never quite the person we were a moment ago. Everything we experience changes us. Each conversation I have on this show is just a snapshot, a irrepeatable moment in time, a brief glimpse of what individuals can bring to the table. At the end of each episode, I could probably roll back the tape, start from scratch, and have a new conversation of a completely different nature, tone, and theme. So I think that about sums up where the project is heading. I guess I'll resist my inclination towards overexposition and wrap things up here, but one final update. I will begin trying to incorporate the audience's questions into episodes, both for recordings with recurring guests as well as solo Ask Me Anything episodes, so if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed or you'd like me to speak to specifically, please do give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter and send your questions. The audience isn't huge here, so there's a good chance your questions or topics will be featured. If you have anything at all, don't hesitate. I'd love to hear from you, and on that note, Thanks for giving this a shot, and I hope you enjoy the episode. You don't know how lucky you are being a monkey. The past is just a story we tell ourselves. control. All right. Well, welcome to Imposters Anonymous. Carolina, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and a bit nervous. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we want, right? We, we want a little bit of both. And, and usually that's a good mixture. But um, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. I had a, a a really exciting day today. I have um I I work in a in a private practice. I'm a clinical psychologist, mm-hmm. and uh, I had two really awesome sessions today that oh, yeah? really primed me for for a winning day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So so yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And also had a good night's sleep. You know how yeah, how that no, that's huge. Usually helps. <laughs> that that makes a, yeah. a massive difference for me. I'm I'm very sensitive in regards to my sleep. So if I don't, if I'm just a little bit off, or I I wake up at the wrong time, or I miss an hour, it's 
I'm I'm a zombie. So <laughs> it, it makes a big difference for sure. But uh, yeah, since since you kind of came right out and mentioned it, maybe I'll start by opening the audience up a little bit to, I guess, let's just say, obviously, you have an interest in psychology and, and human behavior and uh, really how the brain works and, and how that maps onto reality. But I'm I'm curious maybe where you feel like that interest comes from or what kind of sparked that uh, line of inquiry in your life? Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool question. I don't know exactly where it started. My, for sure, I know different parts of it that led <laughs> that led to the mm-hmm. inclination towards psychology. One of them is that my mom is a massage therapist, and she's a pretty holistic mm-hmm. massage therapist. So she she does. Um, Reiki and uh, some aromatherapy and okay. yeah, just like mm-hmm. uh, reflexology, like all of this, the different massages that you can do. Right. But also, she speaks to people while mm. she is they're giving them oh, a wow. massage. Yeah, and I remember being five years old <laughs> or four mm-hmm. years old and wanting to hang out with my mom. And my mom was working all day, so the way that I had to hang out with my mom was just to be underneath the massage table <laughs> and I would just like play with animals or just have a nap there. Wow. And hear hear all of this thing very adult things. This were grown-ups telling their mm-hmm. problems to my mom and my mom reflecting <laughs> with them. Mm-hmm. And I think quite quite a bit of that stuck. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was many years that that, mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then afterwards, when I was uh, a teenager, uh, sixteen, seventeen, I started seeing sort of like the the dark side of uh, the 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 mind of humans, mm-hmm. and I had sure. a an uncle, alcoholic uncle, and mm. I would see how my family would have a strange relationship towards him like it was sort of a love hate like the the there's nothing wrong on one side so let's just pretend nothing is happening and on the other right. side everybody like ganging against him like okay why are you doing this to everybody so mm-hmm. i i didn't really know which side to stand on and i didn't really know how to deal with such an adult problem as a teenager right uh and i remember thinking to myself like how can you help a person that cannot help themselves? I'm yet to find the answer. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was about moment, to say, uh, tell me, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. Mm, that, that's the answer that I have <laughs> right now. If they don't want to, then you can't. But back mm-hmm. then, I was like, it, it prompt, prompted quite some curiosity in me, and I was. I was willing to go the extra mile to find out what mm-hmm. what is it that makes us go there in the first place, go into um, a substance abuse or into depression mm-hmm. or a really dark space. What 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 is right. it that brings us there? And uh, then, second of all, <laughs> and maybe even most important, how do mm-hmm. you get out? And yeah. that was that that is my lifelong quest to find out a thousand and one ways to get out of a complex mm. situation. And yeah. um, I, I think it varies depending 
on the person, the personality, the circumstances. But there, yeah, there, there is where it started uh, to answer your mm -hmm. question. That's that's yeah. where I I can I can rationally think that it would have started from mm -hmm. that curiosity closer to to like i was 16 17 it was closer to having to choose which a career i had to which career mm -hmm. i had to have and um that's that that was one of the deciding factors i i, I was i was in um in between two really radically different options one of them mm -hmm. was being a pilot i wanted to, oh, wow. to <laughs> drag like, planes i i don't know I, i don't know if that that's a residual thing like from my parents dreams that my my, my mm. dad actually wanted to be a pilot but he couldn't right. because he didn't pass the medical test and i don't know if i had that in me mm -hmm. uh but also loving the adrenaline and the the high intensity of a job like that mm -hmm. and uh, on the other hand it was psychology and it's like okay, mm -hmm. okay still sitting still holding <laughs> space for somebody and uh, being trusted with a huge responsibility but the journey is not in the air the journey is <laughs> in the mind so right. i went for the that option because it felt that um i, I need to study less <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair oh, i've been there I... i've been there <laughs> wow yes But yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a fascinating origin story. I, I feel like you really downplayed it kind of coming into it. But uh, yeah, I just think that it's, I'm excited. I, I think this will be a, a, a very fun conversation because clearly just, just already, and, and obviously we've just met, but you have a, a very high degree of, of self-awareness. So as you're just walking me through that, it's, it's fascinating to listen to because you you very easily connect things back. And so everything that you're saying, you're kind of going back and saying, oh, well, maybe it was a little bit of this and, and a little bit of that. And all these things that I would want to ask questions about, you're, you're kind of already answering. So uh, that's it's just fascinating. As as we were just talking about before, how we kind of maybe downplay our, our strengths to, mm. to some degree by nature. Um, and yeah. I just feel like that little, you know, child sitting under the massage table is like a, <laughs> like a superhero origin story where it's, it's like, and That's then I like... used massage therapy to fight crime or something, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Just massaging um, the, the burglars. Hey, I mean, <laughs> like, relax, there could be something man. there. <laughs> just gotta chill out. It's good. Just get a chillet. There's other options. You don't have to rob people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's maybe something there, right? That I feel like there's kind of a theory out there that a lot of people's maybe outward or behavioral or emotional problems are, are based in some sort of actual physical chronic pain and, yeah. and how common that is and, and how the body sort of holds all of that in, in a way. But Maybe maybe we'll leave that to to Marvel to figure out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. One thing I did want to quickly jump back to. I know you mentioned essentially just kind of looking for tools, right? And uh, there's a thousand ways to kind of get out of a rut, if you will, or a difficult situation, or certain habitual thoughts, whatever it may be. And I'm just curious for you personally, I know you said it, it obviously varies and is very contextual, but if there's anything that you lean on primarily, if, if you're, if you're going through a rough time, you're, you're struggling, you're, you're, you're having 
some unhelpful thoughts? Is, is there any place that you go, any, any tool that you use more than any other? Hmm. Yeah, there, I usually do sit down with myself in, mm-hmm. and have an honest conversation. So whenever I feel that it things are not going smoothly, that things mm-hmm. are difficult, that things are relatively stuck. That that's how I how I know that I'm not in a good place because mm-hmm. life is not flowing and life is not comfortable in mm. a, in a sense. I sit down with myself in different ways. So I use journaling. Journaling, for example, is something that when I'm overthinking is the most helpful because putting your thoughts on paper, just put like you put it once and you don't get to repeat it multiple times because you're like, mm. what? <laughs> what would I do? That? <laughs> so you just put it once and then you go to the next. It also it allows you to let go of the loop of the mm. same thought over and over yeah. again. So that's one thing that I do. Then if I'm in a place of, anxiety I tend to meditate and sort of change the momentum of whatever emotion that is uncomfortable mm-hmm. um that that, that, it, that is having I I want to slow down that momentum mm-hmm. in order to be able to to play with it a bit more explore it further Right. Because, yeah, when, when you're super anxious or super accelerated, and this happens to me because uh, I'm, I have my own business and I, I love doing a lot of things and meeting with a lot of people and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm overly excited of experiencing life, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I just need to slow down and see, okay, there's something wrong. Not yet sure why, <laughs> what is wrong, <laughs> but I will right. take a minute. I will take a... a not a minute, <laughs> at least <laughs> half an hour to an hour, hey. and uh, breathe deeply. Allow for the initial noise to settle, for the dust to settle. You know, to mm-hmm. to to let all of this um, craziness to 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 sort of smooth a little bit, and that's when physically I feel more settled. And when I feel physically more settled, there's something. Mm-hmm. Um, that when when the parasympathetic nervous system it's activated, then right. that's like the relaxation mode. Then you're like, oh, I'm not in danger, so I don't need to have all of this alerts and stress and crazy hormones running around the body. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, yeah, waking up from a bad dream. You're you're yeah. like, oh, oh, that was exactly. not real. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I use those two tools uh i also i also do um i i love talking to people so whenever mm. i feel like i'm stuck in my own story or my own narrative mm-hmm. i i tend to to ask a friend or or a colleague or somebody that it's just that i know that they are they are chill and then they, you can talk yeah. to them <laughs> and uh just share with them like this is going on and maybe they give me a perspective that I wasn't thinking of, or they just Mm -hmm. make my really restricted view expanded. Yeah. So I find that super, super helpful. 
Mm-hmm. And when nothing works, <laughs> where you cannot get out of it, yeah. um, a cold shower and a nap. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a good hard, nap, hard reset. Nap is fantastic. And the, the shower, the cold shower is also something like your, your body's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's very sober for sure. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so yeah, it sort of <laughs> shakes you. Uh, oh of, yeah of whatever whatever loop you were stuck into mm-hmm. yeah no that's, yeah. that's all really interesting and I, I a lot of that resonates i think maybe the thing that actually stands out the most is is the talking to people piece because it, it's something i very much enjoy doing but i honestly don't enough mm-hmm. and that might come as a surprise to anyone who listens to the show because you probably think i talk way too much but this is often one of my primary outlets and a part of the reason I started this project in the first place is because I recognized that I, I needed to start talking to more people of all kinds of perspectives and coming to that with the same level of intimacy that I, I come to the conversations that I have in my home. And mm-hmm. I found myself only having those conversations within one context. And, mm-hmm. and that was a problem for me. But at the same time, as someone who, I guess for whatever it's worth, is is a bit of an introvert by default, I I often don't feel as though I, I don't immediately resort to conversation as a means of figuring things out. I, I often do t- internalize things and I maybe to acknowledge a, at least a perceived strength here, I feel like I am quite good at analyzing things and and when I take time alone to think things through I usually feel like I come out of that with with valuable insight but I feel like sometimes I I forget as you were speaking to how valuable it can be just to to get in a perspective that is not yours uh get some other eyes on the situation because we have so many blind spots no no matter how well intended we are and Simply having someone that is just not you take a look at things can can be so so valuable, but I I honestly don't do it enough, and some of that is probably my disposition, but but some of that is is probably the fact that I also am quite comfortable being alone and, and taking time to myself and and quote unquote working through things, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. that can be that can be a little bit of a dangerous echo chamber to to only. To only have the you know the two sides of yourself really <laughs> discussing things when when ultimately it's it's just kind of your narrative um, yeah. and also it's it's a lot dependent on your mood and the things that happened that week our mm-hmm. internal narratives are are very much fluctuating and they tend to like if we if we don't pay attention they might drag us into a really negative loop if we just Again, had a bad night's sleep or had mm-hmm. a bad thing happen that week. Um, so, so it's really important to have, in, in especially in those cases, another voice that is not just yeah. ours and our our never ending story of of tragedy. Right. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I and- think it's really valuable. I think that's in in some ways kind of the the steel man argument for therapy, right? Is is just having someone else who you can see as 
uh, a somewhat objective third party that is well-intended and relatively trustworthy who can just hear things out, you know, in that it's sometimes it's, it's difficult to have that with people that you have intimate or, or close relationships with because there, there is always a, a, a dynamic there that you, it's hard to get past. And so when you, in theory, in, in everyday life, the more people you can surround yourself with that you can have good faith conversations with, the better. Um, yeah. And I guess that's that's maybe one of the stronger arguments for diversity, not even in a, a social or, or a political sense, but just that if you if you take the the quote of you're the you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, mm-hmm. and you you really pay attention to that. In theory, you want five people who are as different as possible so that you you've got your bases covered and you can you can turn to others and and you can bounce ideas off them and and you know it's always going to be different uh there's always going to be a new blind spot potentially that they're able to see that you just Mm -hmm. can't um yeah and and hopefully hopefully that's what's established here to some extent in these sorts of conversations is that there's for anyone listening these these are these are new conversation points and obviously people aren't necessarily a part of these conversations, but I like to think in a way that they are over time Mm -hmm. and that if you can approach this project with a a similar degree of, of trust and and good faith and feel as though me or anyone else who's on here is, is another person that you can in a way have a conversation with and get a new perspective from. Hopefully that's something that, that can be gained. Yeah. Yeah. And something that you said that was really important is the good faith conversation. So it's somebody that has your best interest in mind. I Mm -hmm. think that's a really important aspect of when deciding who you're going to have a conversation with, because when you reach that point of, I need to talk to somebody is usually because you, you've, feel either stuck or vulnerable or need some attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really matters the intention of the other person. So if, oh, yeah. for example, like if you cannot decide if to travel this, <laughs> this holiday season mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I, I, I don't want to leave my family, but uh, at the same time, I would love to spend I don't know the holidays in New York, whatever. Sure. Uh, and um, then you discuss that with your mother that your mother would like you to spend the right. holidays with her. Then it is a sort of a biased conversation because right. the person has a horse in the race. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And it, it's not this objective third person that can provide you a new perspective, but rather is reinforcing their own interested perspective and mm-hmm. not to not to trash your mom <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she's probably awesome but uh i, I we wanted I, I wanted an example to illustrate this but mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's what a good friend can do and also very often is it's nice to share with the person what do you need from them when you're bouncing mm. an idea off yeah. Sometimes is brainstorming, but sometimes is I just need to let go of some steam. I just yeah. I'm, I'm about to explode. 
And sometimes it's like, can you just give me a hug? <laughs> <laughs> right. It is. Any of those is super valid. And uh, coming into the conversation, knowing what you would ideally like to get out of it is a, a really good way to to start <laughs> to mm -hmm. get that thing that you wanted. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. definitely. I, I certainly agree. And something I, I actually wanted to circle back on, I know I've kind of vaguely referenced it a few times now and no one really has the context of what we spoke before we started recording about. But yeah, I'm curious. I know you you acknowledge that that individuals by default tend to kind of downplay their strengths and, and mm -hmm. kind of exalt them in others, but not really see them in themselves. And that the same, I guess, in the inverse could be said about weaknesses or, or inadequacies. But to to kind of turn the tables on that, I'm I'm just curious personally, is there is there something you can acknowledge as as a strength in, in you if that that you feel like is, is most historically represented in, in this this identity of of Carolina? Like what is what do you feel like your superpower is if you had one? Hmm. I would say introspection. Mm. I have been doing a lot of work on myself for since I have memory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is about being study subject number one for mm. any psychology related things. So at first, like when I hear a theory, it's like, does that apply to me and how? Mm. And if if it's not, then why not? What what is different and what what's happening behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. And not just like with psychological theories, but with anything really. Just like um, meeting a new person and being like, I, I don't know, I, I I don't know if I like that person, but why? Mm. What yeah. what? Um, what made me, what cued me into distrusting mm -hmm. this person or not liking them. And then I'm like analyzing every single step of it. And I realize, oh, because they had their hands in their pockets and they were looking away all the time or mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Um, or I just got a weird vibe from them. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing. So it's this iterative process of exploring everything I feel and I think <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> to get really to to the root and sometimes that's not pretty <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like yeah like i have a really recent example that i i, I said like i have my own business and i i had such big resistance towards sales like just the word sales mm, just like yeah <laughs> it was no, terrible I, I get it and uh then I was like, what, what is it about it? And I, I found reflecting on it that I, I come from a, a, a culture that likes to say things directly. And mm -hmm. if you are having intentions, but you're not showing them right from out, out of the gate, you're sort of being manipulative. Mm. Yeah. So the, when, when you have the intention to sell, but you're just, fooling around <laughs> just saying like oh this is great and this is other this is something else that you should pay attention to and mm -hmm. um 
then that whole ordeal to me seems fake and manipulative yeah. <laughs> when when in reality like i i truly want to help people and provide value mm-hmm. so that that's not even the truth but the belief that i have underneath not wanting to do sales is i'm manipulating somebody mm-hmm. i'm making them do something they don't want to or mm-hmm. i have hidden intentions and i'm not showing them and that makes me a, a, a trickster yeah. <laughs> or, a, or a, a person that's not trustworthy mm. so that that's the that's just as an example that's something that i did like two days ago analyzing mm-hmm. that to the core like well, mm-hmm. i don't like this why don't i like this right and going really deep on it mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and where did you land <laughs> where did i land that? yeah I land in a place where I was like, I won't sell. So I'm not going to sell. I'm just going to provide value. If Mm -hmm. the value sells, (laughs) (laughs) then in that case, that's perfect. But Mm. I don't want to not be genuine because Mm -hmm. my genuine intentions are to provide value, to share information about psychology and to help people find their true power within. Mm. That's my true calling and what what my purpose in life is mm-hmm. and i'll just focus on that yeah. <laughs> and uh, doing it the best way possible and also it's out there that the, there's this product and there's this product and this this possibility but i'm not going to try to sell you i'm just mm-hmm. um putting it out there in case you want to buy it and if somebody like from from marketing hears this, they're like, "Girl, get your shit together!" <laughs> get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> You'll I'm, never be I'm, successful. <laughs> yes, I'm still working on it, and I, I know mm. that I'll get to a different mindset soon. And this is something that you you also iterate in your in your podcasts is mm-hmm. that we are continuously evolving beings and. Uh, what I say today might not be true in two weeks because I right. had a conversation with somebody that completely changed <laughs> exactly. my mind about sales. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but for now, this is what is true. And this is what soothes <laughs> my soul <laughs> that I can just provide value and uh, mm-hmm. trust that for now, that's, that's what I'll do. And then I'll find a way to do sales ethically or, or just leave it at that. Maybe that works. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I, I empathize with that entirely. It's it's a it's an argument I have in my head often in, in, in many regards, whether it be this project or anything that I do, it's I feel quite similarly about sales. And I know a lot of people in sales. I've I really have seen both sides of it and it's it's hard to know if there is some sort of tightrope you can walk there that it it is truly genuine and you're not misrepresenting the product and in some mm-hmm. way or, or giving a false impression on the front end to maybe even over deliver in in the long term right so there's the expression of like over promise over deliver which in some ways i have used in in my professional life where i I, I do have a, a belief in myself to be able to figure things out. So sometimes I do over promise and I just say, yeah, I, I got that. I, I, I got it. No, no problem. Not really knowing that I can, but just putting the, the onus on myself to say, Hey, you're, you're going to go back home. You're going to figure this out. And if in the end the, the product is, 
better than they imagined, even if on the front end you weren't being 100% honest about the way that you presented it. Does does that matter? I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I definitely I definitely get where you're coming from. It's, it's hard to know. I, I even go back and forth sometimes about social media use or, or promoting this mm. project at all because in in an ideal world I I just wanted to exist and if there's an audience for it awesome and mm. but at the same time it's not really how the world works it's not anymore yeah. and it's such a consolidated space uh, or not consolidated but oversaturated really space mm-hmm. that things uh, it's so hard for people to tell the signal from the noise and unless you sell unless you market unless you promote yourself it's things don't scale and and you have to be okay with the fact that that maybe that will never happen and that your audience or your client base might just be what it is and if you can have uh, a small number of people who who really get a lot from what you're doing you, you have to decide is is that worth it to me to keep the same product at the end of the day to just provide value to just be genuine and if something comes of that in the future fantastic but if it never does you, you've got to be ready for that and i i go back and forth about it every day right because of course i'd like yeah. for this to have just using this as an example i'd like for this to have as big an audience as possible because i, I really think what what is is found here is valuable and i think a lot of people could benefit from it or or at least uh have an interest sparked by it but yeah is it you know did the means justify the ends you know is is always the question yeah i think it's it's all about having a really strong belief that what you are putting out there is really helpful and is really for the service of the, the people <laughs> for society mm-hmm. uh, that not only your intentions, but your product is mm-hmm. good. And that just is half the work of being genuine. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you, if you genuinely believe that your product is good and something that should be out there, then that's already quite a big step. Um, but what I, what I see now, now when you're when you're speaking about it and like reaching a bigger audience, it's like um, if if there are any fears around that, because mm-hmm. I I very often talk about uh, an interesting topic with my clients that is the fear of success. Mm. Yeah. What happens if you just get huge? What yeah. happens is if everything goes well, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you try it and you succeed and then there's all of these people reaching out to you and the people that want to be your guests and there's uh, you have thousands of followers in every social media platform, what happens then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, sometimes uh, we, we're a bit scared of that too. It's right. not just the fear of failure, also the fear of success. So, so yeah, I... At least in my journey, I have to also keep that in mind to to not be afraid of success mm-hmm. and not let that hinder my my actions and my my evolution. Mm-hmm. How do you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a fascinating question. I I'm glad you brought it up because it's it's multi dimensional. Where you, of course, there's this expectation there's this responsibility that that comes with 
you know, air quotes success. And so yeah. w- given your hypothetical, let's just say every, everything goes perfectly in, in my current concept of perfect and everything hits hyperspeed all at once. And all of a sudden there's all these people out there who, who are a part of this and they love it and they want more of it. But now all of a sudden that's, that's an expectation, right? Cause when you have a small audience, when things are, are small scale, it's like, okay, if it, if I stop doing it tomorrow, if it if it all goes to shit, if I, I don't have it anymore, if I if I stop being able to provide a decent product, it's whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not that big of a deal. There's not that much pressure. It's not like people are, you know, scrolling on their podcast apps uh Monday morning to be like, when is this coming out? This is this is the best <laughs> part of my week, you know. That's not that's not riding on it. But for for me, to be honest, with the things that I love the most, the content that I enjoy the most, I do feel that way. I have that expectation. I do. It is an important part of my life. And once you have that, that's that's not something to be necessarily taken lightly. So it's, I guess that's that's part A, but part B is is not having a a kind of false idea of what success in our eyes is truly going to be like, as though it is just. Uh, kind of happiness or just at scale as opposed to it being uh all relative that okay of course it's you know it's 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 more power it's more responsibility it's it's if you have a business and again you 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 get that seed money or you get reach whatever goal you want to it's like okay all of a sudden there's a thousand people whose livelihoods relies on you right if you if you make a big mistake if you fuck up that's a thousand people out of a job whose lives are kind of ruined and so it's super exciting and it's super cool but at the same time there's sometimes we create these ideas of what our successes will be like or what we our goals will be and we assume that kind of the valley will not grow in proportion to that peak and so we we assume that there's that there's not scarcity and that there's not trade-offs once you hit a certain point and it, it's it's so important to always remember that no matter where you go with it there's there's going to be negatives and there's going to be things that present new and proportionate challenges to whatever highs you want to reach and mm-hmm. you have to from the start say hey i i want that like i exactly give, give me all the responsibility and i think some people feel that way and that's why they thrive in these environments because they they take the pressure and you know they make diamonds as they say but not everybody really wants that and and i think we are especially in the us raised to think that we all ought to that we all ought to want this same idea of success mm. when I think sometimes people get it and they realize like this is this is too much. This isn't what I thought it was. This is too much to think about. This is too much to take care of. And I'm I'm not able to take care of myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but um it's it's a really interesting conversation. And um going back to to what you were saying about if if the podcast becomes big and then there's an audience and there's an expectation, uh, like it, I immediately it came to my mind. Well, that's their thing to deal with. <laughs> like you can you can get you can get big and you can um, pro- deliver for as long as it's genuine to you. Mm-hmm. But if at some point you're like, okay. I'm I'm done. I think I want to be a singer now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a painter, or sure. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then, in that case, if 
people are having expectations of you is not necessarily your problem. <laughs> right. like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and um, then that that gets debunked because it's not real. Like the, the expectations that other people have so much control over your life and your, over your decisions, that is not real mm. unless you let it be real. Right. So, so yeah, there's, there's as much power as you give away mm -hmm. in, in that sense. And then about, you were saying like the, the trade-offs and all of this, um, things that you, that you have to face in, in your journey to success, quote unquote, right? <laughs> but yeah. your goals, so we can yeah. call them your goals. And, um, at, at some, a quote came up from just Joseph Campbell. He mm. says that the hero only gets the adventure that he's ready for. Mm. And usually that means that you will not be an overnight success until like, unless you're ready or until you're ready. Mm. And it means that your audience will gradually grow and you will get an opportunity and you get to decide usually <laughs> like <laughs> not, not everybody gets this huge break in their right. lives that they're like all of a sudden an overnight success it happens some some people go viral and that's that's how it it goes but most most cases a person has a really exponential trajectory where they like start growing they get better at this and once you become so excellent in your field that you cannot be ignored anymore mm -hmm. that's when you start getting this momentum distraction and uh, becoming successful, quote unquote. Yeah. So, um, but I would say that you're successful all the way because you're trying your best <laughs> and pursuing your goals. Right. <laughs> and uh, something that Aubrey Marcus says that I love is that I'm only responsible of doing my best. Mm -hmm. So if you have a thousand people that you're, that that you employed because you have a big business or whatever and you make a mistake as long as you did your best as long as you were conscious about it making an informed decision to the best of your abilities you did your best like what else can you ask from yourself or from anybody else mm -hmm. than your best yeah so it, it, there's a lot of reconciliation that needs to happen with our humanness and the fact that Every decision that we make has consequences and not always is a perfect consequence, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's not the one that we might have liked. Mm -hmm. But when it involves other people, we shouldn't take other people's agency away either because, yeah, they lose their job at your company. Let's say that that happens. You have a big company, a thousand people, they all lose their jobs. Okay. They have a chance to pivot their career to be more resilient of finding jobs, to finally be a stay-at-home mom or dad, to file for unemployment and go on vacation for <laughs> six months. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's their journey. You don't get to decide what happens to their journey. You just did your best. These were the consequences of your best. And then everybody else has to deal with the hand that they were dealt with. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really glad that you you made that point because it it's all very relevant and, and you hit the nail on the head that there there are lots of ways of, of viewing all of this but it's i'm glad you push back a little bit and i think it's <laughs> it's fascinating to see that i guess maybe primarily something that 
that I'm excited about is we've been, you've been kind of leading me in this direction, which I wanted to go anyways from the start as, as you kind of talk about essentially what, what agency individuals have. And you, you talked a while ago about just kind of looking into the the mystery of, of why things happen and mm-hmm. searching for some sort of insight and in, into in being able to explain that. And this whole time, again, it's, it's been pushing me towards something I, I always get really excited to talk about. And now I'm even more interested because of the perspective that you've offered thus far. So I, I guess I'll just rip the bandaid off and, and ask <laughs> up front and see where it goes. If, uh, what, what, you, what your perspective is on, on free will. And I guess for the audience and, and even for you to some extent, when I say free will, that to say that, that we as individuals are, are ultimately the author of, of our own actions or, or reality, if you will, um, and just kind of see, see how you feel about that. Yeah. Oh, I love this question so much. And I, I spent countless hours thinking on, about this and also talking to other people. And at, at this moment, what I do believe is that there is free will to an extent that mm-hmm. everybody has certain agency in the, how, how they want to go through their lives. Mm-hmm. So, for example, somebody that is uh, had my background, let's say, and was... Um, around a caregiver and a person that was like a, a, a therapist and an alternative kind of therapist and um, a person that was always showing care and, and love to, to other beings, mm-hmm. then I could have gone to nursing school. I could have gone to a, a recovery center. I could have been a social worker. So in that sense, I had some room for a decision, sure. I probably wouldn't have been an engineer. <laughs> I yeah. like that. That was never really my my field of interest until mm-hmm. now. Like, who knows in the future, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I think there is a sense of direction in which you can still choose. So you you get for sure you get to choose what you wear every day. You get to choose which food from your fridge you will eat eat today. <laughs> and um you get to choose if you first thing in the morning if you watch YouTube or if you decide to meditate for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You you have choices that are there every day. And the the most room for choice i would say is the within universe so whenever you are facing a situation for example you're you're facing the the should i go on vacation to new york or should i stay home right. <laughs> and uh you're facing that situation and you have your the the way that you go about it how how you will treat this decision-making process, that is completely up to you. The way that you treat when somebody yells at you in the street, let's say, the, the, the way that you react and internalize that thing, that's completely up to you. But to get to that point, there's a lot of work that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because initially, you are sort of a slave of your history. 
until you realize that you can change how you interact with the world. Let me elaborate on that a little bit further. So when you're growing up, things are just the way they are. Like that's the normal universe that you're in. And until you grow up to a certain age and you go to high school or college or whatever it is, you don't, you're you're not that confronted with other people's realities and understanding that there are completely different personalities and that there are people that grow in a family with just one parent present. And there are people that have like two fathers and there Mm. are people that have no parents at all. And you're like, Oh my God, how do they do it? And in in your own perspective, that's completely not, not, not feasible. Like I would die if that would happen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're faced with this situations where you're confronted with different realities and you start understanding that your own view of the world is not universal, that you have your own imprint, you have your own story. Mm -hmm. This story also dictates how you will react to the world and how you will interact with the world. Mm -hmm. If you don't, Pay attention. If you're not aware that your story is dictating how you interact with the world, you will continue playing out this character and you won't have that much free will. <laughs> you will have mm-hmm. free will in your your choice of clothing and, and maybe the career that you choose. But in the broader scope of life, you won't have as much free will because you will always be a slave of your history. Mm-hmm. But if you're make that connection at some point and you realize, okay, so I could be reacting differently to, to this stimuli. Like you, you lose a a test, you lose a test. That's (laughs) poorly translated. Uh, You don't pass a test. You fail a test. (laughs) (laughs) You fail a test. And um, you have a couple of options on how to react. You could be like, oh, whatever. I didn't study. Or, ah, damn it, my parents are going to kick my ass. <laughs> or, uh, like, okay, I'll do better next time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, your perception, you're like, oh, so there's this neutral event that happened outside. And my reaction is completely up to me. And the initial reaction usually it's pretty automated. It's like what our programming has taught us. Like the, there's an event and then we immediately have a reaction, whether physical or cognitive, that we are like thinking immediately a thought about that event. But very often, in a, like if, if you just allow that initial thought to pass and or that initial emotion to pass, that's when agency sets in. And you're like, I could react in my automated way or mm-hmm. I could react any other way. I could just like start dancing on top yeah. of a table because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it is at that point when you realize that it's not about the events. It's not about whatever is going on in the outside world. It's about what's going on in the inside world and how you react to it then 
if you if you make that click, you start having free will, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. you can consciously choose. You can intentionally decide how you will react to any given event. And um, that's, to, to, to summarize it, so everybody has some sort of free will in terms of choosing a career, choosing a clothing style or whatever. Yes, the biggest leap of freedom is when one can find that space between the stimulus and the response, between the event and the reaction to the event. Mm -hmm. um, that and, and sort of master it or at least bring awareness to that space. That's when you have a lot more freedom, a lot more free will. I may say, and um, that accumulates through time. That, that can can lead you to very different paths and and different living different lives. Uh, what I do believe, though, is because of all all humanity is sort of interrelated. There are things that will happen anyways. There are things that we have no control over that like for example i don't know in two weeks there is this big fallout of uh government and somewhere in europe <laughs> and, sure. the, and like the, yeah happen. it's like <laughs> yeah it could happen and uh that is happening because of a bunch of different factors and it's going to affect a bunch of different people and it's out of your control and that maybe that is meant to happen because everything was leading up to that happening. But what you do with that event, how that event affects you, that's your, the, 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 the tiny freedom that you get. So we might get hit by a meteorite. Yes. <laughs> that could happen. Oh, yeah. uh, we've, mm -hmm. we've been through a couple of tough years. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. we don't know what, what could happen next. Um, and uh, how you deal with it, like I, th I think if a meteorite hits Earth and it's pretty big, like we're all doomed. But if, if it's a smaller event, let's say, how you deal with it, it's going to make a difference. Mm. So I think I get where you're coming from. And, and I think it's a it's a common conversation point that I've had in the past in regards to this topic, which is I think. It's always a difficult but fascinating thing to discuss because at like many things, at base, it's very hard to pin down what we even mean mm -hmm. by free will and, and what sort yeah. of reactions, rebuttals, um, all of that that come from this concept of asking oneself, do, do I do I have free will? Am I am I the ultimate author of what's going on here? And even when we say I that's a that's a huge question yeah. in and of itself. What are, what are we even referring to? Are we just talking about like my my physical system that exists, mm -hmm. or are we talking about something internal that's uh, fundamental or sacred, depending on on how you see things? Um, are we just talking about my brain? What, yeah. what are we really saying? And and all of that changes how you answer this question. So there there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer, but what I think is part of what you're getting to is is that obviously choices 
matter, right? Our, our lives mm-hmm. are ultimately a, a summation of the choices that are, are made within it. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes people, when putting free will under pressure, um, they they mistake maybe some of my perspective or or others on free will with saying as though choices don't matter or removing individuals agency in life because obviously that's not something that you really want right you don't want to go yeah. through life feeling as though nothing matters it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if i get up in the morning it doesn't matter if i feed my dog it doesn't it uh i have no agency and yeah ever since the big bang it's just been mm-hmm. momentum on this one path and, and what are you going to do right mm-hmm. uh because you can make that argument you really can but it's it's not a super helpful one, right? It's, not, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a hard one to kind of take to your life and be like, well, I'm better because I think this way or, or this is going <laughs> to help me live my life. And so there's, a, there's an understandable aversion to, to, to any sort of pressure on, on free will. And, and I guess the way that I see it, which not to circumnavigate the, the way in which you're seeing it or to circumnavigate choices, but the line of inquiry that originally brought this all into question for me is kind of, okay, but at the end of the day, do we really understand where all of this is coming from? And when we say, I, you talk about me, uh, you talk about any individual making choices, what, what are we really talking about? So even on the simplest level, when you're saying, okay, obviously you have the choice to, you know, wear that a plaid pantsuit, uh, mm-hmm. to, to work today. It's like, what, what were you thinking? Uh, but that, that seems like a very, very obvious choice. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. individual preference, but yeah. to continue to pressure that and say, okay, but where did that, where did that preference come from? Um, and if this is just something that arised in your brain this morning, completely, you know, mysterious to you where it, where it came from, it's just a thought that you didn't you didn't necessarily choose to have that thought. It just came up, but now it's there and it by nature will dictate your actions, whether or not you choose to wear the pantsuit. The thought is there. And so it's it's difficult and it's it's hard to not talk about it in like an overly abstract way, but mm-hmm. it's something that I've really tried to pressure and say, okay, let's try to find this, this sense of free will that I have whether it be like in meditation. So you're sitting there and it's like, okay, let's, let's follow my thoughts. Let's see what's just arising naturally. I can acknowledge that I'm not actively choosing. I'm not choosing what I hear. I'm not really choosing what I feel. Um, there's thoughts popping into my head, but I'm not mm-hmm. really choosing those and having a degree of removal from that. And then to some degree realizing that our, our thoughts largely dictate our actions and our thoughts we don't, what dictates those? And we don't really Mm -hmm. understand that very well. And so I think we have this habit of saying, all right, well, that's, that's me, right? This is a self that is generating this. Um, But at the same time, what do we really mean by that? And, And does it withstand any real sort of pressure? So even there's an exercise that, that Sam Harris often puts forward. I don't know if you're familiar with his work at all, but, uh, essentially just like prompting you to, to think of a movie, right? Just, just any movie that's ever mm-hmm. existed. And it, it helps to be in, in some sort of a centered state to do this, not being distracted, but observing what it's like to just like, see, just feel, not even feel, but to observe 
movies popping up in your head and mm-hmm. you know thousands of, of film titles, right? There yeah. that you've whether seen or not. And the ones that come to you in, in this moment, that's not really a choice. And you can, at the end of the day, decide. You could spend all day and say, I'm going to go through every movie that I know and I'm going to choose one because I have the choice. But mm-hmm. why you ultimately choose the one that you do or how you land on it or the agency that you have to think of movies that you didn't think of, because there's certainly like hundreds of movies that you know that are never going to pop into your head. And it's, it's largely a mysterious process to be a human being and to try to observe, as you said, from the beginning, when you're just going about your everyday life and you're like, why do I feel that way? Why, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how is this coming up? And I guess it gets to my ultimate point, which is that I personally feel as though we are, at least I try to view myself as that physical system that I I originally mentioned. And that in, in this moment, I I can't be any different than I am. And I can I can want to make choices. I can want to ch- make changes to my environment or even to my physical system, right? I mean, I, I firmly believe in, in in neuroplasticity, not that that's Something that I really need to believe in at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's it's real. And yeah. it's it's not that I think that people can't change or that individuals don't have the capacity to to alter their physical systems or to change their environments. But at the end of the day, I think one helpful way of thinking about it is okay, if we could if we could just rewind time, go back five minutes ago and just place us where we were in this conversation, I would proceed to say the same things over Again, it w- I would be mm-hmm. the same. It, the system wouldn't change, and it's not like uh, whether you believe in like you know total randomness in the universe or not. It's not like if we went back, I'd be a, a different person. I, I'd be the same, and I'd approach this the same way. And sure, if you could change something about the environment or about me, or if I could revisit it with what I know now, I might not say the same things. I might be like, oh man, I could have said that a little differently. But in that moment, I think everyone, as you've said brings their best to the table in any given moment. And I think mm-hmm. that individuals are are doing the best with the tools they have. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's not to remove agency per se, which I know it it gets a little bit dicey, but yeah. to say that it it removes any sense of of guilt uh or it, when you put it towards others hatred where we feel like there's there's something deeply inside that is fundamental to someone and that is why they acted the way that they acted that yeah. is the source of their behavior because they're a bad person or i'm a bad person because i did a wrong thing as opposed to saying i did the best with what i could at that time and i of course can want to be better and i can have a desire to not uh cause negative outcomes in, in my life and, and those that I care about or for anyone. And I can try to change things that will reliably produce better outcomes in the future. But at the mm-hmm. same time, spending that time harping on uh, what you did wrong, despite it being the only thing that you really could have done in that circumstance, yeah. I think is is a bit of a dead end and feeling that way about others. And so ultimately, kind of in my perspective, not truly believing in, in free will allows us to, to be freed up from these 
from a primarily from guilt and and from hatred and from feeling as though there's something truly fundamental authoring what individuals are doing besides just this very complicated system that we don't really understand that uh sure socially speaking we we want to encourage and discourage certain behavior it's it's not to say hey he just murdered people like what are we going to do uh <laughs> he didn't have a choice but yeah. to say that i mean I, I do think it might impact how we think about punishing crimes and, and how we think about yeah. uh justice and, and how we think about forgiveness but uh in a very long-winded sense that's that's kind of how I see things. And I know there's some obvious daylight between what we're bringing to the table, but I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes total sense. And when you, when you're speaking of this, I notice that probably we have different ways of going about it. Um, what I feel when I think about freedom is, do I feel free? Mm. And it's, it's more of a, feeling process rather than a cognitive process um i i feel like at, when, when you're articulating these ideas it's like really thought through and really well con concocted <laughs> is that the right word <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's that's what i what i hear but it's it's really hard to find the answers to the questions the big questions in life, mm -hmm. just through the brain. I think the brain is very limited in its ability to understand everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. So, so the way that I go about free will is, do I feel free? Mm. And when I don't fully feel free because I have a, a limiting belief, for example, around the topic of sales, as we were talking before, uh, I feel that me releasing myself of that inner chain is going to give me more freedom and more free will to choose if I want to do sales or not, or if mm -hmm. I, the, whatever way I want to go about it. And the whole process of exploring freedom to me and I, I equal in a sense, free will and freedom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe that, that that's an important distinction. Yeah. Um, it's just a feeling. It's a feeling that I could choose different ways to do the same thing mm -hmm. and that the choice is mine. And very often I notice that there is a choice because I'm very, very, um, reflective and really connected with my my core being let's say mm -hmm. uh i feel that a choice is better than the other like i usually mm -hmm. can use uh, what, what it's i think it's commonly referred to intuition as like your, your gut feeling mm -hmm. and uh, in in that sense there could be an argument made that okay if you're just following your your gut feeling then also, like, mm. where, where does that come from? <laughs> Do you even have freedom in that sense? But mm. it's not so much about, is this conceptually making sense? Because if we think about it, is like it's probably going to circle over and over and over again around the, the same couple of ideas and 
you you might have found this out when you were talking to different people and hearing these different perspectives on free will. But if you take the conversation out of the head and into the feeling of freedom and can you choose who you are? Can you choose the life that you want to live? Do you put your own ceiling over your head? Like, do you, do you limit yourself in any way? Do you allow yourself to live life that you really want to live? Those are the things that to me are the ultimate expressions of freedom and that feel like freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not thinking that like a, it's not like a, a concept that you can grasp and put down on paper, but rather a whole body experience where you're mm. like, oh my God, I feel free as a bird. <laughs> I feel <laughs> light as a feather. I feel like I could do anything. And um, if, if that is not freedom, it still feels fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that yeah we can bang our heads against the wall thinking of like is this real is this not real when in reality mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because what matters is that you feel good while thinking you have freedom or not <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and that's the whole thing it's like we are chasing our own tail <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. when in the end it doesn't it doesn't matter that much mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting point, and I I do take it earnestly that at the end of the day, you you do have to at least try. It is important whether you weigh it ultimately or or just as a part of the pie, looking mm-hmm. at outcomes and saying, okay, if if we want to reliably produce positive outcomes in people's lives, what are the most useful tools? What are the most useful thoughts? What are the most useful habits? And mm-hmm. I, I I totally. I'm in support of that line of inquiry. Um, and, and I thought something to balk at whether or not you want to go down a philosophical rabbit hole or not, that mm-hmm. it, it is something we have to look at. And, and the lens that I often look at it is, is how can we, how can we eliminate or, or at least limit suffering and, and, and just yeah. trying to find different ways to do that and to make sure as much as we can, that people aren't suffering unnecessarily and at the end of the day i think regardless of how i i feel about it more as like an intellectual exercise of what what is it really when we boil down uh our our thoughts and our actions and our choices and what can we really draw them back to it's not as though i live as as someone might think someone would live who doesn't believe in free will it, it's not as though i live as though i'm someone who yeah. doesn't have agency or who doesn't make his own choices or that who mm-hmm. um sees no meaning in it all and i guess the the nitty-gritty details that of that are neither here nor there but it, it does ultimately matter the sort of perspective that it it ultimately yields in an individual and it is important for people to feel as though mm-hmm. they are as in control as they can be of, yeah. because it's already hard to cope with the fact that most of life is totally out of our control. So to feel as though our internal state is also something that we have <laughs> limited control over, that's, I mean, that can be destabilizing, that can be discouraging, that can be 
so many things. And so I, I do think it's very care. You have to be very careful about the way in which you talk about these things yeah. because people can get the wrong idea and, and end up in some foxholes that they, they don't really need to be. Um, yeah. and we do want to create a world in which people feel as though they have as much agency as possible. I, I very much do feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's something I, I often come back to a lot, whether it be talking about politics or just society as a whole, that I think that's something that we often rob people of unintentionally in, in mm-hmm. the sorts of things that we put forward is that we, we deny people, especially uh, minorities or, or marginalized groups or whatever it may be, that we 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 accidentally remove people's agency or make them feel as though there is no other option or that this is just mm-hmm. how things are that there's that an individual who who wants something different from them for themselves is not able to do that based on things that are are decided before them um and so yeah. I, I i ultimately take your point and I, I do agree that that agency is important and that how individuals feel is ultimately probably more important than anything. Exactly. And that that does have to be the the outcome. But yeah, uh, yeah and I just felt like you maybe had something to say, so I'll let you go. Uh, no, like I, I, I feel that when when you live life thinking as if you have like a, a, that that you have a choice, <laughs> then you might live it more mindfully and you might be more careful <laughs> of your mm-hmm. choices, uh, at least more mindful. So, so I, it, it's, it's supportive to my belief system that people can decide mm-hmm. which life they want to live. And I see it over and over again in, w- with clients in the, in the practice when I'm, sitting there and they are stuck in a story and then we we're exploring different perspectives and seeing like what if you could just change your life what if you could um do all of those things that you you are talking about doing but you're not really wanting to do and like what if and uh more often than not that just leads them to change their lives significantly Mm -hmm. so i don't know if they, the, the fact that they ended up in therapy and <laughs> that <laughs> they're doing this whole process is like right. a, a choice or not. But the fact is that if, if you're doing things to move away from the place that you're in into a new space, it's nice and supportive to think <laughs> that <laughs> you have a choice. And you right. could be a couch potato for the rest of your life, uh, or you could go out there and fulfill your dreams. Mm-hmm. Unless your dream is to be a couch potato for <laughs> your yeah. life. For some, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's solid. It's pretty valid. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 about the what what I what I think is the the not believing in free will might hinder your ability to enjoy life because it's more mm-hmm. like oh yeah whatever i'll just yeah but ultimately i don't think it's something that it's like on the day-to-day basis on our minds and then we mm-hmm. can go through life even if we don't have agency we can <laughs> still have that perceived agency uh i like to think of life as a 
as a video game and we get to play any character that we want you know when you start like the sims or yeah. or any like a game that you need to create a character and you get to choose the way that they dress and the the physical composition like are are they big skinny um i don't know whatever are they dressing in this uh, this armor or are they dressing like with this really light uh feathery suit whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you also get to choose the personality traits are they going to be are they going to be an angry person or a, a very well tamed person that doesn't react heavily in any uh in, in any situation are they going to be um, optimistic or pessimistic it's like you you get to choose these things and I think in life we are sort of giving that like mm-hmm. we get a default character <laughs> it's just like yeah. okay you get the random selection of, <laughs> of characters yeah. this is what you start with and then you can customize it with the <laughs> whatever clothes you find <laughs> on the way and <laughs> whatever uh, personality mm-hmm. traits you can develop or you put a ring on and then that ring gives you <laughs> charisma points changes everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah. no you, you just take a course on charisma and then you become charismatic so <laughs> there's there's almost like an equivalent of uh, of this video games into to life so so yeah what i think is we might have free will we might all be characters in a video game but in any case it's all about ultimately how you feel in your day-to-day life and do you feel good do you feel that you're going towards the things that you want to achieve do you feel that you're satisfied in your relationships, the 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 relationships that you have, and in your um the the how how you're challenging yourself in your brain abilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you putting yourself out there and uh, exploring different possibilities? Are you also exploring your personality and seeing if you some if you like everything about it, or if you would like to change some aspects? I think. All of that, thinking that you have free will allows you to optimize your character to an extent that if you feel that everything is determined, then you might have get gotten lazy and just <laughs> just not not really work on it so much. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, a, it's definitely a, a fun model and uh, <laughs> it's probably a lot more fun than, than what I'm bringing to the table, uh, which is, is not to be taken lightly for sure. And I... I do really take your point that at the end of the day, these these things matter, and the way that people think about themselves and, and their lives is is maybe more important at the end of the day than anything else. And mm-hmm. so, you you want to create the proper or at least reliably consistent conditions to to optimize for that for for any given individual, yeah. regardless of their genetics or their upbringing or their disadvantages or advantages or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I guess I'll, I feel obligated to put one final thing forward, which is that I think, and, and it's sometimes in, in intellectually lazy or maybe just not thorough perspective that gets put forward that makes people feel like I, I should just sit on the couch, right? That, that nothing really matters just because, uh, philosophy and, and, and science can sometimes get a little bit dense and ambiguous because again these how you feel 
in any given moment matters because it is impacting your suffering and the suffering of those around you. And even mm-hmm. if this is a, a fucking simulation, uh, you, your feelings are are as real as anything's ever mm-hmm. going to get to you right now. So, you know, who gives a shit? It doesn't. If if it is a simulation, it doesn't change anything for me or, yeah. or you because we we still are having this experience for whatever it's worth. So, regardless of your belief system, whatever that may be, it, it still does come down to how you operate and, and how you impact the world around you. And I, and I think there is a a very sound argument that maybe I haven't fully represented today that I could show people that it doesn't necessarily have to change anything fundamental about your agency or how you view your life to have a little bit of distance from your, your own thoughts and what you call the self. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll... Yeah. I'll cut myself off because I could probably talk about this for for the rest of the day. I know it's growing dark where you are. I guess you're yes. you're, you're maybe six <laughs> six seven hours ahead of me, and I could yes. probably keep talking about this topic until it gets dark here. But <laughs> I, I don't think anyone wants to really stick around for that. But I, I will make one final point before I let you go, which is I think similar to almost belief in God, and I'm not trying to like open up that whole can of worms per se, but it's one of those things that I think, um, though personally not something that that resonates with me, I think it is a helpful, it is often a very helpful way of thinking about the world as though there is some broader meaning to it, or that there is someone looking after you, or that there is purpose in what you're doing. And I think someone even to keep it relevant, like my mother, who's very religious, who has suffered a lot in her life and, and derives a lot of meaning from her religious belief. And these ideas that many of which I think are quite helpful, though I, I, I certainly could argue that some of them aren't, mm-hmm. uh, that it's one of those beliefs that I think can and, and largely is, especially in the face of suffering and adversity, a helpful model for the world that allows you to behave in a way that uh, will make you feel better. And that's that's valid regardless of, of how you see these kind of bigger questions about life, kind of similarly to free will, that even uh, if you were to say, live as though God is real, even if you don't believe it, mm-hmm. it, it would be an interesting way of living, right? Because you're kind of yeah. just like, hey, if it's real... Uh, I, I did, I, I did the right thing. Right. I mean, <laughs> but it, yeah. it's not necessarily harming you in your life to strive towards some sort of, uh, moralistic ideals or, or to, to feel as though there's an interconnectivity between all of us or that there's uh, a purpose to your suffering or whatever it is. So, um, even though there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily like, I'm not convinced because I'm a very skeptical person and I'm not convinced yeah. by a whole lot. But at the same time, I can acknowledge that there's there's certain models for the world and there's certain belief systems that um, that can resonate and that can be incredibly impactful for individuals and, and living better, more enjoyable lives. And even for myself, I, I kind of do live that way. Again, even though I'm not a quote unquote believer, I think it's in a way you can map it onto yourself. And, and if you if the idea is, okay, I will behave as though someone is always paying attention 
to the way that I'm behaving. I think that's an incredibly helpful model in life. And I think sometimes it's not for people, but for me, I feel as though that is, that's, that's something internal in myself. And I feel as though we are always informing ourselves about who we are. And so even mm-hmm. when no one is looking, you're, you're making these little decisions that, that build up this, this concept of self. So, mm-hmm. you know, to do the quote unquote wrong thing behind closed doors, that that's making it easier to do the wrong thing in the future. That's, that's building the sense of identity that I'm the sort of person who, who doesn't make the right decisions when no one is looking. And in a way, maybe that's where some sort of religious belief came from in the first place was like that there there is a significance there is an importance in every action that you do because it's it's building towards something bigger and whether it's this abstract being that's really paying attention or it's it's kind of just internal to yourself that that it does mean something and that uh at the end of the day you you ought to live as though your actions do matter, especially mm-hmm. in regards to how they, even if they don't affect someone else mm-hmm. directly because it's it's affecting you and you will in turn affect others in time. But that that was a, I showed no restraint in that, <laughs> in that final <laughs> point that I was trying to. Good, good. <laughs> Free will, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not how you end a conversation is by, you yeah. know, bringing up god you know that's that's not how you that's not how you bring it close so that's then, another kind of worms and then i just offer yes. that to you like all right yeah final points uh <laughs> yeah so no, no 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 let's make a conclusion out of that <laughs> now i i think that um what what you keep coming back to is that what it matters is the individual perspective mm-hmm. and how how we live like in the world and what is true to us. So mm-hmm. whether it's a religious belief or whether it's free will or whether it's just complete skepticism and cynicism mm-hmm. about everything, if that helps you move through life into the way that you believe that that's the best way available, uh, then go for it by all means. Mm-hmm. That's That's your way to go through life. But if you are longing for something more like if you if you if you are standing in a place and you feel a longing even if it's just a a weird feeling in your stomach then Mm -hmm. you might reach out to to these other perspectives as as we circling back to what we were saying talking to other people getting to know other worlds because that's where you find other opportunities for you to to continue to expand and unfold Mm -hmm. I remember one of the topics that we were possibly thinking of discussing was the topic of consciousness. And um, if if it's uh, like, what what is the purpose of consciousness? <laughs> Does it exist? Mm. And that's a huge topic. Sure. But um, what I, my, my belief is that consciousness created, like consciousness is underlying everything. Mm-hmm. That we there's a, a universal consciousness and um, we can tap into it or not. Like Carl Jung talks a lot about this, like yeah. the, the collective unconscious. And um, what I believe in that, and I believe that consciousness through humans wants to experience itself. So it wants to have all of these different stories 
happening in parallel and then all of these people mingling and mm. interacting with each other and seeing what happens it's all like this big experiment for <laughs> consciousness and it, it sort of reminds me of uh i don't know who told me and i don't want to butcher this story but the a, a friend uh, yeah a, a friend that is a, a software architect was telling me about this ai that he uh, he read about that was to to test itself it created a baby ai in order to mm. see if there were any flaws in the system that this ai had created and then the baby ai not only found the flaw a flaw but created another baby ai <laughs> and then there were like all these baby ais and all of these mm -hmm. possibilities to hack this system um and uh, i was blown away by it and i was like that's humans that's what <laughs> we are doing like right. it's, it's almost like this big consciousness is like okay let's just drop all of this tiny meatballs <laughs> on the right. floating rock <laughs> it'll be better um, <laughs> next time for sure <laughs> <laughs> yes let's just see what happens and uh, uh yeah I, I i feel that we by having these conversations by getting to know each other we are expanding this consciousness and what con the consciousness can understand of itself that's why in a sense i also believe in free will Circling back to the big topic, because if we didn't have free will, if everything was predetermined, then there wouldn't be any point for, for this consciousness to, to have all of this tentacles in all of the different directions and see like, okay, what happens here? So, so yeah, <laughs> that's all so, yeah, I, didn't back restrain. <laughs> I didn't restrain myself either. <laughs> no, you started strong. It was yeah. a great little conclusion. And then you were like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes yes no, we can no, cut it I, off but i still <laughs> wanted to to make that connection because it felt super relevant <laughs> yeah no i mean it was and i i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm glad that you did and i'll i'll say now i i absolutely would would like to have a another conversation soon in which we maybe explore this this related topic of, of consciousness more broadly because it it I could assign an infinite number of, of podcasts to that and probably not <laughs> say everything that there is to be said about it. But it, I think it's it's definitely a topic worth giving it to do and, and giving its time. And so I will try to use some restraint and, and, and uh, save some of these things for next time. But as as I've mentioned, as I will at the beginning of this episode, it's for me right now, it's all about keeping these things going and, and allowing these conversations to to have a life and, and to have a half-life even so that they they continue and they're ongoing and, and that they don't exist in a bubble. So I think it's a great place to leave us for, for next time and to have something mm -hmm. to look forward to and uh, to see maybe how our perspectives change by, by the time we, yeah. we come to do this again. So I... I've really thoroughly enjoyed this, honestly, and really appreciate you making time for it. And I really do look forward to doing it again. Yeah, this was a wonderful talk. I'm super hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love elevated talks and, and on this deep topics. It's like we really need to get these conversations going because the world is um it's, it's on fire <laughs> oh, yeah. not to alarm no. anybody <laughs> no if People they listen to the show they, <laughs> they've heard enough about 
the past three episodes have been like we've tried to find a source of optimism and it's just like no it's everything's pretty yeah. fucked right now but so everything's pretty fucked but there's there's <laughs> but, hope there's hope right. uh, because we're there we're is. still here we're still trying and we think that we have free will <laughs> at least we act as if we have free will to mm. to make the world better so let's keep that going <laughs> yes we will will ourselves out of it or at least talk ourselves out of it or our own energy <laughs> to solve it but we'll mm-hmm. we'll keep trying at the very yes. least <laughs> and, yes yes uh yeah that's that's the spirit of the whole thing so again thank you it's been a pleasure and uh thank you all for joining so if you've made it this far Hopefully it's because this project has resonated with you in some way and added value to your life. And if so, it would be great if you could take that next step to do any of the things that people are always asking you to do. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with a friend, give us a follow on social. I know it can feel like a chore, I get it, but it is all rather simple and easy, (laughs) a lot easier than listening to this whole episode. So any support really does mean a lot to me and goes a long way towards helping this show and its message grow. The simple fact that you're still listening at this point already makes this whole thing worth it for me. Anything else is just gravy. Remember, again, please do send your questions and topics to at ImpostorsAnon on Instagram and Twitter. I welcome them all and would love to hear from you. And oh, If you could be interested in coming on this very show, shoot us a message. Seriously, there are no requirements. I'm always looking for new guests with unique perspectives. I don't care about how many followers you have or where you went to school, and I certainly don't want to read your resume. I just like having interesting, candid conversations. So why not? You're all already a part of this project in my eyes, but I'll give it a rest for today. Thanks again. Your perspective is valuable, and I'll see you next time.